0: friends, and welcome to Untorn Radio, where we are broadcasting life and broadcasting love through Studio 14B. I'm your host, Jay Trainer, coming to you from Spruce Lake, live on location. Uh, We are going through Facebook, which is awesome, and we are also recording the audio side of things over on Screamer. It's good to be with you guys. We are wrapping up week number three of camp. It's simply been awesome, simply been incredible. I can't tell you how effective the video side is going to be, but you can certainly listen to the audio side of things over on Untorn.net. Lisa Lochner, welcome aboard. Julia Decker, it's good to see you as well. We've had an incredible week of camp this week here at Spruce Lake. It's been a middle school camp. It has been simply awesome. Uh, I love being able to share the gospel, and I got to tell you, on Wednesday night, which was kind of the decision night for camp, it was the night where people were invited to come and respond to the gospel. It was it was a neat night because ultimately about two-thirds to three-quarters of the camp of nearly 100 people went up to the volleyball court area, which is a time to ultimately say, you know what, I want to respond to the invitation that is before me. I want to respond to the gospel that is uh, being shared. So some of those campers, my friends, it was a first-time decision. Uh, for others of those campers, for other campers, it was a time of simply... Uh, ...saying, you know what, I am uh, surrendering it all, and they've already uh, received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So, uh, it's good to be with you guys, and I figured, hey, it's been a couple weeks since we've done the whole Untorn thing, so why not do a live podcast while we had uh, some, some time together before... Uh, heading home this weekend. I'm off for a week. Uh, I'm excited to spend the first week in July uh, at home. And then following that, I'm actually hit, hitting the road for five more weeks of camp through the duration of the summer, including uh, a trip to Kingdom Bound. Uh, my opening question for you my opening questions for you are pretty simple in nature. Uh, Go something like this I love to pose these different questions out there for us to consider as we get started with our podcast, or With as we get started with our broadcast. And again, welcome to Untorn, where we are broadcasting life and broadcasting love. Um, two quick introductory questions. Have you ever felt like what you offer just isn't good enough? I can't tell you how many times I've been down that road of feeling like whatever I bring to the table is just not worthwhile. It's not going to be uh, worth it for whatever reason, for um, the an internal idea that happens in my head that thinks, wow, what I'm bringing to the table is just, it's weak. It's not, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be good enough for, for the, uh, the context of what I bring. And, you know, I, I felt like a failure many times in my life. Um, I feel like that what I bring to the table sometimes is is shameful nature as though it can't or won't be used by God. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that God, in spite of myself, will use you and will use me uh, even when we dismiss our own effectiveness and even when we dismiss our own um, idea of what um, we can bring. God uses it. It's pretty awesome. And so today, as we're looking at these questions, uh, I think about uh, so many other disciples and so many other people that have gone on before me and and uh, have gone on before you and have maybe wrestled with the same thing uh, I don't know uh, but I know I know what I know, and what I do know ultimately is I've struggled in my life and I know many people out there that struggle as well. I've been down this road thinking that what I bring uh, won't have enough value it will not be. Uh, it will not bring any sort of kingdom worth, and for whatever reason, I dismiss uh, the effectiveness of what God wants to do inside and through my life. So today, we're going to look at a story in John chapter six of one boy in particular who had uh, issues, or he didn't have issues, but he brought a seemingly small thing, and he could have wrestled with and dealt with uh, different things himself, but he still brought it, which is really cool. Uh, So with that being said, if you want to open up your Bibles to John chapter 6, verses 1 through 14, we're going to look at. And it's the feeding of the 5,000. And before we go there, before we uh, dive in and read that passage, let me pray with you. Uh, God, thank you for the chance to really look at your scripture today. Thank you for allowing us to be part of uh, this thing called Untorn where we broadcast life and broadcast love and I simply pray and ask Lord that we would see your impact in spite of ourselves that we would see your impact in our world help us to stop help us to see uh, how you move and when you move Uh, may we take moments of pause and recognize and realize how much you care for us and how much you love us God we love you and we pray this in your name and together we say amen all right this is reading this is a reading out of John chapter 3 chapter 6 rather I'll be all right. Uh, the theme verse this week at, at Spruce Lake Camp has been John 3:30. I must decrease and he must increase. That's been kind of the, the crux of what we've been looking at this week. but let's read uh, John 6 verses 1 through 14. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd followed him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then and seeing a large crowd, uh, seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Why are we, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 100 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them uh, to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Sit down. Have the people sit down. Now, there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so, uh, so also the fish as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, please take note of that, when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that, had, that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. Thus the reading of the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God for his incredible words of life that allows us to have basic instructions of what it means to follow after God according to his way and according to his pattern. So the first thing that we're looking at when it relates to this passage is you have this situation of this large group of people that's coming after Jesus. They see the signs, they see the miracles, they understand what he does. And ultimately, these 5,000 people, these 5,000 men specifically, on top of whatever women and children were there, uh, they're hungry. And there was no normal way in that place to ultimately feed them. And so they were confused. What's going on? What do we do with this? Uh, There's no food here. (laughs) It's not like we're going to go out and go hunting right now for whatever reason. But here they are in this place and just dealing with people that are following after Jesus because they're interested in Jesus. They love Jesus and they want to be around Jesus and see what sort of power uh, that he has that is ultimately from on high. It's awesome. It's amazing. There are so many. Um, there are so many times, guys and ladies, where where we are curious, and of course these individuals are spiritually curious. And so, where's the food gonna come from? That's the situation. And I think we need to have the proper perspective, which is point number two. You have the situation, but then you have perspective proper perspective that is ultimately needed. And here you have two different viewpoints that we can look at and diagnose. We have Philip, who's being tested, kind of put on the spot by Jesus, and he's kind of saying his response is ultimately, well, nothing's really going to happen. Nothing's really going to take place. There is no way that we're going to feed all these people. Even if we had the money to be able to do it, it would only buy just a little bit of food. So Philip doubts. Philip wonders. Then you have Andrew. and Andrew says, hey, this boy over here, he brought something. He's got something. Now I have to wonder which perspective I often have. Do I have one like Philip that says, ah, this is not going to happen? Do I look at things on, on the surface level, or do I go deeper? Do I ultimately dive in and, and seek out a response that is hopeful and faith-filled? Because what's taking place here, what's happening in this case, guys and ladies, is a response ultimately from Philip that says, I doubt, and from Andrew that says, hey, there's a little bit of food over here. Maybe, just maybe, you can do something with it. <laughs> it's funny to see these these interesting perspectives from both Philip and, and Andrew as disciples and followers of Jesus. And remember, at this point in time, for context, uh, Jesus had been with them uh, upwards of three years and is involved in public ministry now. But there's one more perspective that I think uh, really takes the cake, and it's the perspective of the boy. Now, we don't hear what the boy says. We don't hear his response. But I believe that the boy's response is one of innocence. Innocence is is represented here. Maybe he was fearful. Maybe he had doubt that was lingering in his mindset. Perhaps he was imaginative in in nature. Maybe he's thinking, hey, maybe Jesus can do something with this. Uh, We don't know how old the boy is, but we do know uh, that a boy is ultimately used, and the offering that he brings... At least on the surface, is very minimal. At least when you think of in the context of over 5,000 plus people. But the cool thing about his perspective, again, we don't know if it was fear-filled. We don't know if it was imaginative, creative, or if he was uh, a kid that doubted. But in spite of his feelings, he still brought it. He still brought the two fish. He still... F- brought the five barley loaves, and he made these things available to feed these 5,000 plus individuals. I wonder if I was put into that situation, what my response oftentimes would be. Would I be one that would say, you know what? Jesus, you can do something great with this. Or am I the type of person that says, yeah, I'm just going to be on my way. Don't take my lunch. But the boy has the proper response. This boy, who doesn't have a name, we don't know much about his story other than the fact that he had uh, a little bit of fish and some bread. And here, the disciples and Andrew's response links in with this boy's response. And ultimately, Jesus uses the minimal thing that the boy brought and the faithful response even that Andrew brought and used it for his incredible glory feeding the 5000 men plus whatever women and children were in attendance with this large crowd it's pretty amazing when you think about it which leads to the third point that i want to address out of this passage we need to offer ourselves all that i have and all that you have to bring this is the sacrifice It's not about playing the comparison game. Now, I know we play that sometimes. We think that, oh, wow, we we can't offer much. We can't bring much because look at what so-and-so brought or look at what this individual brings to the table. And it's not so much about what you can or can't bring. What it is, is uh, do you have a heart that says, I'm willing to sacrifice and put it all on the line for the sake and the glory of God. It's not about the comparison game. And I know it's so easy to play that, and I think we need to have grace for ourselves when we do dabble with that. And God says, you know what? Yeah, you've played that game. And conviction comes, so confess it and move on. It's about saying that you're available. It's about saying, Lord, here I am. Take this and use it however you want, however you desire. Because you never know how many you will impact by saying yes to the ways and saying yes to the will." of God Almighty. And remember, it's God that ultimately allows us to be able to say yes to his will in the first place. So my challenge to you and my challenge to myself would be to offer ourselves all that we are for all that he is. The boy could have said, you know what? I'm going to go on my way. This is my lunch food. See you later. Take a hike, guys. But he doesn't say that. He doesn't do that here. He says, "Here's, here's my lunch, guys. Use it. And in this passage... Everyone ate until they had their fill. But the cool thing in the story, it's not just the fact that the people were fed. The cool thing in the story as well is about the leftovers. What God does with the rest of this passage and with the rest of this story is awesome. They ate, they had their fill. But when God shows up, When God shows up at our seemingly little offering, he makes it great by his work and by providing. And then some. Twelve basketfuls of bread and leftovers were collected. It's amazing to see what God will do when he shows up. I love the nature of these different camps that I go to. Because I see how God shows up and how God takes the little bit that I offer, the little bit that, that people on staff are offering. And yet when we put our collective hearts into it and say, here we are, God, take it and use it for your incredible glory. God is willing to do that. And I get so amazed by that. And That's what God does with you. And that's what God does with me so my closing challenge to us and in our time together would simply be this. God is in the business of showing himself off and ultimately revealing his power. We think that what we bring to the table might be insignificant, might be very little. But when God's perspective is offered and when God's perspective is different than yours and different than mine, man... and we can wrap our brains around that reality. It is so cool to see. Because what I think God can and can't use is a much different understanding than what his mindset is truly all about. And that, my friends, is today's Untorn. I want to thank you for being part of this podcast, being part of this broadcast uh, here on Untorn where we broadcast life and broadcast love. Again, look at the situation for what it is. Remember the different perspectives that are offered. You have Philip's perspective that says, nope, nothing's going to happen. You have Andrew's perspective that says, you know what, Uh, something can be done with this. This boy over here has something to bring. Then you have the boy's perspective again that says, here's my lunch. In spite of whatever feelings he had, he got over it quick and said, here you go, use it. What could God use with your seemingly little offering? So we are to offer ourselves, and then whatever we think uh, is, is used, you know what, God, God still takes those things, and there are leftovers to be had. Um, you never know the impact that you will make. All that we are for ultimately all that God is, that is what this story is about. And again, the closing challenge is God is in the business of showing himself off. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him showing up and showing himself off and revealing his power. And that, my friends, again, is today's Untorn. I want to thank you for tuning in, being part of this podcast, being part of this broadcast. You've been listening to Untorn, where we broadcast life and broadcast love from my uh, temporary residence here at Spruce Lake. We'll see you soon. God bless you, my friends. Uh, We'll be live next week on Thursday afternoon right here on Untorn.net. Those of you who are watching the video, stick around. We'll be taking some questions here in just a few months. God bless you, my friends. We'll see you next time right here on Untorn dot net. you with the rhinestone dog collar between us dogs i just convinced my human to upgrade to a new home with the 1200 square foot bathroom i think she called it a yard with wells fargo's three percent down payment on a fixed rate loan my human realized a new home was within reach learn more at wellsfargo.com slash woof wells fargo home mortgage down payments as low as three percent on a fixed rate loan require mortgage insurance ask a home mortgage consultant about loan requirements wells fargo home mortgage is a division of wells fargo bank na equal housing lender nmlsr id 399801